Hey, what's up, BGIM fam? This is your girl, Dante, covering episode four with a special guest, Lindsay Christian. Lindsay Christian is a media personality and a breast cancer thriver. And I'm so honored to have her as a guest here on our podcast. I want all of you guys to be educated as well as get to know her and understand her breast cancer journey. It is so important for all of us to pay attention, especially this month. So I'm so happy to have her here, Miss Lindsay Christian. Hi, Miss Lindsay, how are you? Hi, Dante. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing exceptionally well. I'm so happy to hear. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And of course, it is so important for people to know that especially Black women are the first to get diagnosed earlier on and majority of our demographic gets diagnosed with it as well. Can we dive into your story? Um, you've recently done a three-piece uh, Essence editorial. And both articles just touch me so well because I have family on my mother's father's side, which is rare, that have breast cancer, my great grandmother, my aunts. Um, and so when I read your journey, it just, I was inspired by the strength. And then I was also touched because I can only imagine that drastic change. How was that like for you when you got that call? When I received the phone call, I immediately just went numb. And I operated on autopilot for a very long time. Um, you know, with shock, I went numb. And I'll be honest, I wasn't able to even say the C word for a few days after learning that the lump that I found in my right breast was indeed cancerous. So it took me a while to even embrace the fact and accept the fact that I had been diagnosed. And in fact, I, I was saying to some of the friends and family members with whom I did share the news, I said, I have been, a, a, a mass in my right breast is cancerous. I couldn't even say I have breast cancer. I mean, wow. it, was that, it was that hard for me. It was, I mean, it's, it's hard to articulate. Right. It's unexpected, especially not knowing that I, well, I later found out, but not knowing I had a family history of it. I just had no idea that that would, it would affect me, you know? Right. Um, and in the essence piece, you spoke about how you, you know, I love this piece, the way you write, you talk about how you would have preferred, you know, a trip to the Maldives, but instead, you know, that wake up call to pay attention to your health was unfortunately this diagnosis. Um, what was your setback at that time to make you not focus on your health? Well, it, you know what? I was focused on my health, but not but just very surface, very, you know, just go every year for my well woman, but not really tuning into what is my family history, not tuning into the fact that I do want to become a mother. What do I need to know, know to prepare my body? What tests do I need to take? What exams are critical, even at, under the age of 40? So just really having a tunnel vision focused on my health, as opposed to, you know, working really hard in media and ascending the career ladder. God's plan was completely different from my own, which is why he often laughs and we'll change our plans. But we have to remember they're not ours, they're his. So this was part of his plan. Right. And it's so crazy because our past few episodes have been about that, about letting go of control, just following the journey that he's put us on. And 
I related so much to this whole entire process of like, do I put my life on pause? Because media, we know that this is such a ever-changing industry. You kind of got to be hustle and bustle. So when I saw how you spoke about how, you know, you were just waiting for that big break, you were so close to it and you just kept putting it on the back burner to start a family. I related to that so I just related it on so many levels, you know what I mean? I'm 27, so I know that I, I teeter-totter between my own ticking time bomb as well as I'm not there yet, I have so much to do, and your story really inspired me. Um, can we talk about how that process was for you, for you to have to go through, you know, your um, removing the uterus and, and all of that, the hysterectomy, and that feeling when that realization of I may not be able to have kids. So the good news is that I'm only removing ovaries and fallopian tubes and prayerfully, if everything's okay, the surgeon will keep my uterus, my uterus will stay intact. So awesome. I will have an opportunity to carry a child via the eggs that are harvested right now. So there is a glimmer of hope there and a glimmer of optimism, but as you know, for any woman to have to um, live without parts of her reproductive system, is emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked so hard in, in New York City and New Jersey area to climb the ladder to make, make a name for myself, which took years. And I was so close to getting like this really cool job that I had been working very hard to get. In fact, I got the phone call to uh, come in to host this amazing show a week after I was diagnosed. I was like, oh my gosh, right? So again, not my plan, this is God's plan. But I've really been putting motherhood on the back burner because I wanted to get to a certain point in my career and establish myself financially too, because it's not cheap to bring a child into this world. But I was so focused on that. And as I was doing that, time was going by. And next thing you know, I'm looking up close to 40 and then I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. So all of that just changed and it completely flip my perspective, change my perspective. It forced me to prioritize my future. What would you say to your other breasties who are going through these transformational changes physically? What advice would you give them to get them through those changes? It's only temporary. Hmm. It's only temporary. And I say temporary because when you have surgery, it's temporary, you're healing, your breasts are reconstructed, you're healing, you eventually will come into your new body, you will embrace your new body as a woman, but it's only temporary. The, the pain, the surgeries, the procedures, it's only temporary. Um, what I will say is not temporary are the side effects from chemo and from various procedures, but I have to keep in mind that this is only temporary. I'm going through the valley. I will come out on the other side stronger than ever, and, and I have but it's only temporary. Your hair will grow back. Yes, I know, you know, if you have to remove ovaries, those don't grow back, but just know that there are some other options. You can discuss options with your medical team about um, how you can become a mother. I know this might sound like TMI, but my plastic surgeon who keeps it real and is so honest, he said, just because you're, the child doesn't come out of your vagina doesn't make you any, any less than a mother. You can mother a child through surrogacy. You can adopt, you can become a foster mother. There are so many other options beyond traditionally having a child, you know, from your womb. <laughs> so 
you know, just having encouraging people around you and supportive people around you, positive people around you, that helps too. So I would say just know that it's temporary and to keep a really positive uh, circle around you. I love that. And I'm just so, I feel like I am get, getting strength from you. You seem like such a centered and strong woman. And I know very often, you know, it's such a black women are so strong, but just the way that you just are, you're thriving through this. You really are a survivor, Lindsay. And it's just amazing to see firsthand right here on this chat. Um, can you tell me where's a thriver in that platform that name really came from? You've heard oftentimes breast cancer survivor, or you are a thriver. Well, I just combine the two to Sir Thriver because yes, I survived breast cancer, but I'm thriving. I'm thriving as a result of that diagnosis. And I think it has a more positive connotation as opposed to survivor. Survivor, when I hear that, I think I was near death and I wasn't. But Sir Thriver gives it a positive connotation, um, an optimistic perspective uh, to breast cancer. It's not your traditional, or it's not your, it's no longer your grandma's diagnosis, your grandma, what we call the grandma's breast cancer because technology has advanced, medicine has advanced, there are new treatments, there's new science. And so prognosis, the, the, the rate of prognosis in women whose breast cancer is detected early is higher, which is mm -hmm. good. I, that's why I'm preaching to the choir. Early detection will save your life. Get your mammogram, get those tests now because it will increase your, your lifespan. I love that. And where did breasties come from? I, have to say, I think that probably is my, is my favorite of all. <laughs> I learned that through another breastie. I, I was like, oh, she said, oh, hi, breasties. I said, what is a breastie? I said, oh, just women who are breast cancer patients and or sort of thrivers who just find support within our own community. So we're breasties. I love that. And do you have a firsthand or someone close to you within your family that you would consider a breastie or maybe someone that you went through the journey with? I do. I have several women who I consider breasties, um, a handful who I would lean on and, uh, call or text throughout my journey because while all journeys are different we all are connected in that we were diagnosed with breast cancer um, but we i found strength i found support i was able to laugh cry and just talk about some of the more intimate details of of going through chemotherapy some of the more de intimate details about getting your breasts reconstructed i mean so we have those conversations that only we would understand Definitely. And I want to kind of backtrack on the whole fertility treatment and everything you went through. Now, there are obviously, like you said, other methods and new science, but then it comes down to the financial uh, burdens. Yes. I yeah. mean, it, that is what's so intimidating and it is expensive. You know, what, what kind of upsets me is the fact that we would have to pay so much money to, to, have a, to start a family, to have children. It shouldn't be that way, but there are resources. There are resources, which is what I learned in my research. There are resources not only to support breast cancer patients and so thrivers, but there are also grants available for women. Like you, Dante, there are grants out there, women who work for women, women who are raising money for women, which I think is incredible. That is. But, but it is, it's a significant investment. It, it's something that requires planning and, um, and, and a lot of, uh, I would say, research too. 
but planning your research and just putting those dollars aside for if you know that infertility is your challenge, then you know you, women will do what they have to do if they wanna become a mother, they'll find a way. But I'm just so grateful that there are resources, resources to support us through our you know, fertility challenges and obstacles. Right. And with the genetic testing, something that you said, if it wasn't for that, you would have never known. So prior to the genetic testing, you had no one in your family that had had it while like within you being alive and healthy, you know, around you? Well, I learned after I was diagnosed that I am the 13th woman on my, the dad's, my dad's side of the family to have been diagnosed. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me before I could have been proactive? I mm-hmm. likely would have opted for a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy and hysterectomy, you know, years ago to reduce my chances of breast and ovarian cancers. But I learned midway during chemotherapy treatment, um, I sat down with my nurse practitioner and it's, it's actually re- recommended that anyone who's diagnosed with breast cancer does proceed with genetic evaluation. And it was through that test that we learned that I carry the BRCA1 gene mutation. So I'm at higher risk for breast and ovarian cancer. So if you can imagine this, you're diagnosed with breast cancer, and then you learn, oh, you're at higher risk because of your cra- crazy DNA. Right. <laughs> that's, how, that's really what happens. And my surgeon said at some point in my life, I likely would have been diagnosed just because of that gene mutation, which is why I refer to myself as the black Angelina Jolie, because at the age of 37, she learned she carries the BRCA1 gene mutation and she proceeded with the prophylactic bilateral mastectomy and hysterectomy. And by this time she'd already had her children. So, whew. Yeah, I did. I, I read that part. And when you said you called yourself the Black Angelina Jolie, I actually chuckled at that. I love that. Um, but I also... Hers, a little, hers was a little different. She did know she had a family history. She took the test mm-hmm. and she did something about it. I just say I was a Black Angelina Jolie because I'm around the same age that she... I was the same age that she was when she learned she carried the BRCA1 gene mutation and we're having similar procedures. I just thought that was so funny. Right. It is such ironic. And, you know, like you said, you would have been proactive ahead of time. What's what are some advice you give to girls like myself, how to be proactive? Because I still find myself a little uncomfortable, regardless of how old I am, to really sit there and go through that process. It is a lot to process. You have to be emotionally ready for whatever the results of those tests will present. Right. So. Just put on, it's like put on, I would say I put on my strong armor of God and I just go in there. But at the age of 27, like you, I was not thinking about a mammogram or genetic testing. But again, you know, if you know better, you do better. So I'm telling you, I'm telling women, get the genetic test. The sooner you know you have something, whether it's breast cancer, um, you're predisposed or at higher risk for breast cancer or ovarian cancer or diabetes runs in your family or sickle cell anemia, whatever it is, if you know sooner, you can be proactive and treat it and manage it, whatever it is. But I know there's a fear. There's a fear behind taking any type of test. But the sooner you know, the better early detection for whatever it is will save your life. Wow. And so, and not to keep going on about it. So when you have children, there is a possibility that your daughters as well. And I know that men can also have breast cancer. A lot of people don't discuss that as well. Right. So is it, that is a possibility that even any of your children, God forbid, could pick up that. 
Right. And in fact, um, there is genetic embryo testing available, which is extremely expensive. It's like $4,500 just to test your embryos. And based wow. on those tests, before they implant them into the uterus, you can find out if your embryo um, is predisposed or carries a gene mutation. Yeah. I know tech I'm saying technology is crazy, but at least you know. So you can make the decision if you want to implant that embryo or not based on the likelihood of if that child will have um, a, a good quality of life. Wow, I had no idea about that. You learn something new every day. Every day. You can test those little babies, those little eggs. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it is That's expensive. But, you know, wouldn't you want to know beforehand? Of course. I think, honestly, your entire story, Lindsay, has made me want to be proactive on my on my own health. And just for many reasons, because again, it does run on my family. And it it's very odd because it runs on my mother's father's side, which usually doesn't your maternal, but it definitely runs in our family. So it's something that I want to be proactive on. And that's why I'm a big person, big fighter against cancer and breast cancer. Um, and I think your journey and your story is just amazing. What can people look forward to for your third editorial piece with Essence? Because I'm dying for more. And actually, I don't even want it to stop. I'm kind of sad that it stops at three. I want to reveal. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like this. You can't go through a breast cancer journey alone. That's all I'll say. Is there anything in the media world that we can look forward from you? I know you're doing the whole Thriver thing, so I can't wait to see where this really transcends to. Yeah. Sir Thriver is a business. So I launched it as a business. It's an LLC. The idea is that I was, I'm able to leverage my media experience and combine that with my personal health journey to inform, inspire, and empower women through content, collaboration, and conversation. So the content via essence.com articles. Um, I will be appearing on Revolt Black News this week, which is Thursday evening. So just continuing the conversation. Um, I'm collaborating with brands like Indique Hair Extensions to give away free wigs to breast cancer survivors. So continuing the conversation, empowering women, encouraging them to truly own their health beyond breast cancer. That's ultimately what it's about. But I'm just so excited about the media moments I am, am blessed with so that I can talk about it on a larger level, on a national level, global level. I was invited to speak on a panel uh, that it's a webinar panel about breast cancer, but I know the audience is in like Nigeria. So it's been just amazing. And I'm just overwhelmed, but so grateful because I know I'm on an assignment for God to help women. Yes. And like you said, it's it's when you give him a plan, he's going to give you one. He's going to laugh at us and look at this plan. You're being on conferences and panels that are international that that's I've bigger than you would have ever thought that's right his plans are bigger bigger than what we have for ourselves amen to that thank you so much miss Lindsay christian for being a part of bgim podcast episode four thank you for your transparency and your strength and i wish you the best in your journey i will definitely be keeping up with you and i wish you the best thank you so much for having me into the black girl in media community i'm so grateful thank you again Anytime. Thank you guys for tuning in to BGIM episode four. Stick around for episode five.